This is Emily. And this is Sarah. And this is Sisters Take a Side on Kyron Horman. What is up? Oh, we did it. It is. It's the Sisters Take a Side after dark, baby. Sisters Take a Side after dark. It is officially 16 minutes past my bedtime. I apologize. Um, Tell the people how you were late. Well, so I was late because um, SHBF and I were on the phone Mm -hmm. and we were talking about the two most deadliest animals. Okay. Most lethal animals to humans on the planet. Now, I want you to know that he gave me the option. He said, I want you to take two guesses. So guess what my first guess was? Sharks. Nope. I said deer. Oh, wow. Oh, shit. That's actually because, a, of course, that's actually a really good guess. That I is think, actually a great guess. I think it's pigs, isn't it? It's like pigs and hippos. Like, I feel like I remember somewhere no. that like, no. It's mosquitoes and freshwater snails. It's, I'm going to leave that there for everyone else. It's mosquitoes. To look up. And freshwater snails. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so. Mosquitoes, yes. What are the snails doing? They're eating you? What is what is happening with the snails? <clears throat> they carry <clears throat> parasites that crawl into your body. Okay. Evidently. Great. Well, we're really glad we're talking about that. Um, and then we had to debate what a snail was. And a snail, thank you to you, is mollusk. Girl, I got so. you. I got your back. So that's the fun fact corner of Sisters Take a Side. Do we um, want to take a side on the snails? Yeah, I would love to hear someone. Someone write in. What do you take a side? What f- friends? What what is what do you think are the two most lethal animals <laughs> to humans? Like why are we like okay? Phil doesn't even I'm listen sorry. to this podcast. Why are we even talking about this? He's never even well, gonna hear that you shared his knowledge about freshwater snails. Well, he told me to go crush it and that I had to incorporate snails into our episode. So check. Great. Um, I'm not, I've talked to Tom all day. I don't even know. Where is he? Is he in the house? I have no idea. Oh, well, <laughs> this is great. Um, what are we doing? What are we, what are we, um, what are we you, I, so you have, I'm, I'm looking at the notes that you uploaded and yes. this looks fantastic. Um, what are we talking okay. about today? So I told y'all last episode, I was either going to do Missy Beavers or the Menendez brothers and I didn't yes. either. You didn't, didn't either. I heard about this case, and I've heard about this case before, but I was listening to another podcast um, about this case, and I and here's how I know it's something I need to cover on the pod, because I was, like, thinking about it, and then I started talking to Tom about it, and I'm like, oh, my God, like, I think this happened or this happened, and he's like, okay. Like, he just, he just does not, does not want to talk about true crime with me, so I was like, okay, this is how I know it needs to be a podcast episode so I can talk to my best friend Sarah about this. Mm-hmm. So here we are. That is so nice. I love that. Um, I am thrilled about this. Great. Well, um, because it looks very outside of your comfort zone, guys. It's it's a kid. Tell kid them. case. It's a kid case. It's a kid case. I'm braving my fears. I'm. But okay, so here's why. Okay, so as I was learning about this case, I just had like a lot of perspectives as like a mother myself that like. And again, not that you have to be a mother to like care about kids or like know about kids, but I just feel like I can offer some insights here onto what might be unusual behavior because I and myself have procreated. Great. Are you glad I phrased it that way? Thank you for that. That was good. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, Get your pants on. You ready? I don't know. Finish that quesadilla. We got to go. Yeah, I have snacks today. Yeah, of course. It's late. We've taught Sarah to mute her mic when she's chewing, though. You're welcome. Yeah. After that hideous episode where I was just, like, chomping away. She, so Sarah, gross. she's like... I had, like, mouth sounds into the <laughs> mic. It was disgusting. Gross. Okay. All right, let's do this. All right. So, in the summer of 2002, a very pregnant Denise Young finds out that her husband, Kane Horman, is having an affair with a woman named Terry. So a few months later, yikes! yeah, a few months later in September, her son Kyron is born and she goes ahead and files from divorce from shitbag Kane. Sorry, Kane. Bye, Kane. 
One horrible little tidbit here. Kane actually insisted that Terry be in the delivery room when Desiree and Kane's son was born. When Kyron was Ew. born. Ew. Absolutely mm-hmm. not. Can you even? To know for me. How did Kane. how did that happen? You know, that was I was a nurse, know. not like get out. I don't girl, I don't know. So Kane and Terry decide to get married, and four years later, they welcome a daughter of their own. Um, and here's where like things just start to get just weird already. So Kyron is living with Desiree, his biological mother. And she is diagnosed with, like, really severe kidney failure, just, mm. like, terrible. And she gets so sick so fast that she actually has to move back home with her parents, and she has to give up custody of Kyron to Terry and Kane. What? Here. Well, because she can't care for – like, she's, like, on her deathbed. She can't care for him. And he's young. I mean, he's, you know, four years old at this point. But she moved back home. Yeah, to to be with her parents, right? His, uh, oh, so you're you're his saying grandparents? Yeah, you're saying like, why couldn't he come with her? No, I don't know. Maybe the uh, maybe the Is custody, that a custody of, thing. Yeah, maybe the custody agreement she had with Kane meant hmm. that she couldn't leave the state with him. I don't know. Hmm. So so Kyron goes to live with Terry and Kane full time, and and again, hmm. this is according to Desiree. But when she recovered and she requested legal custody back, Terry and Kane refused. Mm. So they maintained like permanent physical custody of Kyron. That seems illegal. Not quite nice. I mean, like, it's just like, is that a, that's not, not a very nice thing to do? Like, <laughs> so, yeah, like, I don't know. I mean, and I guess we don't know like the terms of their agreement here. Right, but right, but you can see this is kind of setting the stage for like a contentious relationship between these three adults, <laughs> right? You have Kane uh, yeah. and Terry, and then Desiree, right? It's I mean, Desiree, not Denise. De- Desiree is the mom. Yeah, so Desiree is Kyron's biological mom. Got she it. was married to shitbag Kane. Uh huh. And Kane cheated shitbag on Desiree Kane with Terry. Garbage Terry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. You with Falling. me? I'm with you. Okay. Um, so on June 4th, 2010, seven-year-old Kyron arrived at his elementary school. So Skyline Elementary School, um, which is on the outskirts of Portland, Oregon. Um, so he arrived there at 8 a.m. with his stepmother, Terry. They were there for the annual science fair and multiple witnesses spot Terry and Kyron together at the school Setting up his project on tree frogs because Aww. tree frogs were his favorite animal. Stop. I can't. Do I Good have thing to do one this? of the two most lethal animals in the world wasn't a tree frog. Or we'd oh, be, okay. We'd be in a lot of trouble. <laughs> it was the tree frogs, maybe. <laughs> um, it, it wasn't the tree frogs, I don't think. Um, so while they're there, um, a teacher comes by and takes the now infamous photo of Kyron standing in front of his project. So if you know anything about this case, you've probably seen this photo. You want to go ahead and, and Google it real quick. I'm going to give it a quick Google. He's just this very cute little seven-year-old boy. He has glasses, and it's a picture of him standing in front of his poster board, big smile on his face, like getting ready to present about his tree frogs. <laughs> just like... Do you see? I know. So that is the last known sighting of Chiron. So you can see from the photo, he is in school. Like there is no one doubts that he arrived at school that day. Um, And in fact, a different teacher remembers talking to Terry that same morning and states that Terry told her Chiron had a doctor's appointment that afternoon. And that's going to kind of play into this later, right? So after about 45 minutes, um, according to Terry, at around 845, she left the school after watching Kyron walk up the staircase in the school building and turn right to go to his math class. Okay. So according to her, he is on his way to class. She walks out the front doors. So. At 3.30 p.m. that afternoon, Kane and Terry walk to Kyron's bus stop to meet him, and the bus driver tells them that he was never at school that day. They call the school, 
and the secretary tells them that he never made it to class. And at that point, the secretary calls 911. So thoughts, feelings, opinions so far. Um, Yeah, I have a lot of questions. So my first question is, like, all of these teachers remember seeing Terry. Yes. And essentially, obviously, Kyron Mm -hmm. at the science fair. Yeah. Presumably, his teacher was at the science fair. Yes. So he's what? um, He's seven. He's seven. So he's in first grade. Right. Like, his, the teacher didn't make the connect. Like, oh, I just saw him. Like, why isn't he in class? So this is, and this is, so this is what, this is what the school says. The school says that Terry told the school that Kyron was going to be out for a doctor's appointment. That basically he was there for the science fair and then was going to be leaving. So the school never reported him as missing or absent because they believed that he was at a doctor's appointment with Terry. Terry now, but Terry claims that she told that it was a miscommunication that she told the teacher he had an appointment the week after, not that day. Oh, well, that's Mm -hmm. suspicious. Yeah. Because my thing is like, how are we finding this out at 3.30? Like, right. I mean, eight. So. And like, how do we even know that Terry saw him at 8.45? Like we're so 8.45 is the last time he is reported as being seen. But that's by. His stepmother. That's not by school. Right. But for all intent, like, I mean, he was there. Various people saw him between that 8 a.m., 8.45 time period. They're walking around the science fair. He's having his picture taken. Like, people are pretty confident that he was there at school during that time period. Yeah, I guess. But what I'm saying is, like, so, but, like, our only, the last eyes on him, he was turning right to go to his classroom. According to Terry. According yes. to Terry. Right. So, mm, don't love that. Right. That seems suspicious. But just looking at the timeline, like 845 to 330, I mean, you're talking about. It's a long time for a kid to be missing. <laughs> put it this way. That's almost like a full, like what we would call like a first shift. Right. I mean, yeah. Like that's you're a- working a job. Right. That's. That's a long time. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And that's what, I mean, that's one of the things that scares me so much about this is that, you know, I mean, the school didn't realize he was gone. That's terrifying to me. Like, you're supposed to be watching my kid. But hang on a second. I, I have a problem with the school because remember when, like, we wouldn't go to school, like, let's say we were homesick yeah. and the school would call and say, yes, hi, yes, Sarah's mom, Sarah wasn't in x y and z period today or sarah right. wasn't in school today and mom would have to call the school back and say yes that's correct she was homesick like right i, I mean i get this is what 2000 and two, oh, it's 2010 well, but see that what the school is saying is that we didn't have to alert terry and kane because terry was the one that told us he wasn't going to be there um mm, still don't love that yeah you would still call I don't know. Do we, for the, I mean, and I think for like this type of reason specifically, like yeah. how do you know what Terry was saying? Like, wouldn't you still note that down as a strictly from like a school liability? Like, wouldn't right. you still note that down? Right. I have a lot of yeah. Okay, don't love this. Okay, well, it gets just so much worse. Um, Great. Okay, so that's kind of an overview of the case. So now I want to walk okay. us through the timeline of events. And with a couple caveats, this timeline is kind of a combination of testimony given by Terry, as well as things like video footage of her and receipts for purchases and stuff that she made. So there are some gaps in this timeline, some things that don't really make sense. So bear with me here as we walk through this, okay? Okay. Okay. So it's 8.45 a.m., Terry leaves Skyline Elementary School with her young. So she has her daughter with her. Um, Her daughter is 18 months old at this time. Right. So they drop Kyron off. They do. Why are you making that face? Was it reported by like the other people at the science fair that. Yes. The the daughter was was, the baby was there. Yeah. Okay. Um, So the baby and Terry leave Skyline Elementary School and they head south 
to visit a Fred Meyer store, which I guess is like the It's like a Walgreens, I think. Yeah. Oh, you oh. <laughs> oh Sarah, no, I'm you're, hip. So, you're so worldly. I know. I'm a world traveler, didn't you know? So they they um they, yeah, so they visit a Fred Meyer store to look for Tylenol because the according to Terry, the baby has an ear infection. Okay. So apparently she can't find the Tylenol at that store. So at 8:12, she leaves the Fred that Fred Meyer without purchasing anything. Um, she cool. is seen on camera at that point. Got it. Leaving the so store. So this is now now after nine. This is nine o'clock a.m. Yeah. Morning. So this is nine twelve a.m. Sorry, what did I say? Eight twelve. I'm just making sure I'm. No, thank you, <laughs> guys. It's, it's after I, it's, dark. It's now 32 minutes past my bedtime. No, I'm okay. so sorry. All right. That's my uh, fault. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Um, okay. So then at 9.35, she arrives at a second Fred Meyer store. So again, she's looking for the Tylenol. Mm-hmm. She leaves after five minutes, so 9.40 a.m., after purchasing infant Tylenol. Okay. Okay. At that point, she at 10, 10 a.m., she stops at a Michael's craft store. She goes inside for like literally a minute or two and comes back out without having purchased anything. Okay. And again, I just, I have to, I can't stress this enough. According to her, she's doing all of this with a sick baby in her car. Yeah, that seems odd. Okay. She was in there for what, a minute? Literally a minute. So, what do you need at Michael's? The science fair's over. Well, what do you need at Michael's that's so important that you're going to take your sick baby out and yeah. about? Like, what? Well, she took a sick baby to a science fair for 45 minutes. I mean, well, that, oh, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> Would you take a sick baby to a well, science fair? Well, but I guess, I mean, she probably she had to, right? She had to drop Kyron off at school, right? She could have dropped him off. She didn't have to, like, I guess. Hang out for 45 minutes. I don't know. Yeah. I digress, but. Okay. So, so now here's where it, it maybe starts to get a little strange. Okay. From about 10, 15 a.m. to 11, 39 a.m., Terry drives around for this about 90 minute period trying to help the baby fall asleep. That's what she says. She says the motion of the car is going to help the baby fall asleep. So I'm going to, I drove around for 90 minutes. Okay. I mean, okay. Okay. So in the middle of this time frame at 1030 a.m., her truck is spotted on the side of the road near Newberry Road, which is near the near the elementary school, right? So mm-hmm. she, it's like she drove north again, right? She had driven south to go to the Fred's Myers. She's driving north again. And Terry confirms that she that yes, that was me stuck, you know, stuck on the side of the road. She says that she changed she pulled over to change the baby's diaper. Do so, we know if this was on her way home? This would have been like driving in the direction of, of her house, yes. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So a couple things to note here. This is only two miles from the school. And interestingly, it's also only about two miles from Savi Island, which is one of the largest river islands in the U.S. And it's just this like very remote, like wilderness area, right? Like you would hike there, you would camp there. Like this is not a place where a Sarah would would go. For wow. Sure. Okay. Not your scene. Okay. Okay. Well. <laughs> Thought there was one bitch in here. (laughs) But there's two. Okay. Okay, So that happens at 1030. Interesting. That is very interesting. Okay. So at 11 a.m., half an hour later, Terry's cell phone pings, again, right by Savi Island, even though she claims that, remember, she claims that she was driving around trying to help the baby fall asleep at this time. So she's seen at 1030 by Savi Island and is still there half an hour later when her phone pings, right? Mm. So... That kind of gets us through that 90-minute period where she claims that she was driving around, but there's kind of these two confirmed, let's say, sightings of her, right? Sure. So at 12.20 p.m., Terry stops by her gym, dropping the baby off at the on-site daycare and working out for only 20 minutes before leaving at 12.40 p.m. So for an hour and a half, Terry is unaccounted for near Savi Island. 
Okay. And she's at the gym for 20 minutes. Yes. I have so many questions about this. So this is not even enough to close your exercise ring on your Apple watch. And again, you're taking your sick baby to a gym daycare. I don't think the baby's sick. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that's not a real thing. Yeah. Well, so at one o'clock PM, Terry and the baby arrive home. They have lunch and the baby goes down for a nap. At 1.20, 20 minutes later, Terry is already logging onto Facebook and posting photos of the science fair. And so then we get to 3.30 p.m. They go to the bus stop. Kyron's not there. Okay. Interesting. So here's where I'm putting on my mom hat. Here it yeah, is. Yeah, I was going to say, okay, give us like your mom overview I have here. so many, so many things about this timeline. Okay. Number one, changing a diaper on the side of the road. Bitch, No. No, I'm sorry. Unless my kid had a blowout up to his ears, you were not, I am not changing a diaper on the side of the road. There is no freaking way people would do that. Number one, it's dangerous. Mm -hmm. Number two, how are you laying down a baby and you can't change a diaper in a car seat. So you have to like lay them down the seat somehow, lay them out in the trunk. Like, how are you even doing this? There's no way. But that's her excuse for why her car was seen parked on the side of the road near Savi Island. Well, I mean, so like my, so like I kind of like, like pinged on that, I guess a little bit. Mm -hmm. My thought is like, if you're headed in the direction of home, why not just wait till you get home? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, we've changed, let's be honest, like we changed henry's diaper on the side of the road once when what on our way to the beach well that was when he was little little i mean that was yeah that was, and that was a spe- the beach trip guys i took don't, henry to don't the- it's too soon okay we can't no, okay. it's too soon <laughs> it's too soon <laughs> um yeah, but that was yes, but like what that I was do, an extreme circumstance. Would and we I were do that if I was home. driving around our town running errands? Absolutely no. not. No, and and I guess that's my point is like, and that was like an extreme right situation, right, right. for everyone involved. Um, <laughs> just don't okay. traumatize. So that's my that's my first point. Sure. My second point, I do want to call this out. People make a lot of fuss about this idea that she claims she was driving around for 90 minutes to help soothe her baby. I'm going to go on record and say this is fine to me. Yeah. This, this is fine. Yeah. We take drives with the kids. They like the car. We play music. It's relax. Like, this is fine. Okay. So I just want to be on record saying that. That seemed pretty normal to me. Yeah. So point number three, and I kind of made this point earlier because I couldn't contain myself, you, you, you're not taking a sick baby to Michael's into the gym. You're, you're just not like trying to wrangle a kid in and out of their car seat, dragging them through stores. Like, no, especially if they're not feeling well. No. Yeah. Yeah. And then my last point, and actually I find this like maybe the most damning <laughs> evidence <laughs> against. I was waiting for you to say something about this. Our friend Terry. She, according to her, they get home at 1 p.m. and her laptop record shows she is logged on to Facebook by 1.20 p.m. She claims during that 20-minute time period, she gave her daughter lunch and put her down for a nap. Again, I say, absolutely not. You're not doing that in yeah. 20 minutes. You're yeah. lucky if you're doing that in an hour and 20 minutes, my guy. Well, you're lucky if you're getting through lunch in 20 minutes. I, I mean – Making, I, serving. Yeah. And they get like, okay, this might be like some little PTSD from this weekend in me. Oh, no. But that ain't happening in 20 minutes. Yeah. So that – so those are my thoughts on the timeline. I want to hear okay. your thoughts on the timeline. So, yeah. I'm going to say the changing the diaper on the side of the road, I'm kind of like, well, like, if your story is you have a sick kid and you were headed in the direction of your house, like – why not just wait till you get home? That seems a little odd to me. Driving around for 90 minutes, I mean, hashtag not a, not a mother, but, like, I feel like that's something parents do. Like, I mean, you and Henry like to go for drives even. I mean. Yeah. I mean, I – yeah, that doesn't seem that outrageous to me um, outside of this context. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, because I think taking, you know, Michael's and the gym, you're in Michael's for a minute. You're at the gym for 20 minutes. These are places that have 
security cameras, mm-hmm. yep. especially in the time that we're talking about here. Um, this is building an alibi to me. Yep. This is being seen. The two Fred Myers. I'm sorry. Like, and I'm I'm 90% sure Fred Myers is like a, it's either it like is. a grocery store or a it, Walgreens. It, it, it's a drugstore. Yeah. Like a Walgreens yeah. or a CBS. Yeah. So like they're out completely out of Tylenol at the first one. Yeah. That like, are you sure? Yeah. Um, this is all building an alibi to me. Mm-hmm. Um, the 20 minutes for lunch and a nap, like it doesn't make sense to me because for all intent and purpose right now, like nothing has happened to this one and a half year old. So yeah. Like what did you actually do with that one and a half year old when you got home? Like, right. Do I think that she gave them lunch and put them down for a nap? Not really. But then like what? What was going on? What did you on? do? Like, yeah. Yeah. You weren't doing that. So, I know. What I did th- you do? I think about this baby a lot. And I, I don't did know. Did you get I changed? What? Have a shower pizza? Oh, shower pizza. changed. Whoa. Have a shower pizza. Fucking Scott Peterson, get out of here. Don't <laughs> don't let him come into this episode. <laughs> we'll give it up. I hate him. God. And, like, I, I don't know. I, I do. It's fine. I feel badly for this baby and and i don't and you know how i i don't know i get kind of weird about this but i didn't put her name in here because i just no i'm glad you, you know she's like yeah. a, i don't know but yeah. yeah this is this is uh i don't love this okay so so now you were kind of at this investigation point right you have this mm-hmm. seven-year-old boy who just freak freaking vanished yes i was just gonna say um i wanted to go back to the cell phone pings oh Okay. Um, this this just jogged my memory. Sarah literally um, just raised her hand to interrupt me. <laughs> yes, <I> Sarah. Did. <laughs> I didn't want to forget. Um, while I think it is suspicious in this context, mm-hmm. I also think that cell phone data is like not the most reliable. I think Are we about to talk about Adnan Syed right now? <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. I think there. I think we have to take that with. A few grains of salt just yes. to. I agree. I think I, but I, what I think is interesting about that is that it pings at 11 a.m. when she claims that she is driving around town with her daughter. And yet at 1030, her mm. truck was stopped on the side of the road by Savi Island. And then her cell phone is pinging on Savi Island again at 11. But she claimed that she had been driving around town. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's not even so much that it's like that location specifically but to me i'm like you claimed you were driving around but like you were sitting there you were uh yeah i mean like again like doesn't look great for uncle terry but if you are a terry apologist i i'm not a terry apologist i'm not not a terry apologist someone check on me at the end of this episode if sarah comes out and is like oh she she probably didn't do it emily's gonna break up with me i can't because i'm like i'm gonna find a case where it's like real clear what happened here and Mm. but i said that about fuck what was the one i said that about no natalie holloway natalie holloway (laughs) christ Vandersloot is up here murdering like 1,400 other people. And Sarah's like, mm, he's probably yeah, fine. I think he's dead. Vandersloot is? He died? Yeah. What? Didn't he? No. What? Or is he just in jail? I don't no, know. He ki- no, he killed. Okay. Did you listen to our case. podcast? Were you here? Hi. Yeah. Okay. Great. I. Where even are we? <laughs> you were going to tell us about the investigation. Okay. Get off your cell phone. Stop texting. This is important. <laughs> Eyes on me. <laughs> Okay, so obviously a massive search is underway for Kyron. We're talking every law enforcement agency, police, volunteers, everyone is out looking for this little boy. Um, I did some research on this and over 1,300 people over the course of 10 days conducted um, like a land search for him. And this was the largest search in Oregon's history. Wow. So they, and this I thought was very interesting. The police wanted to use um, search and rescue dogs to try and track Kyron's scent from the school to see where he might have ended up. Mm-hmm. But conveniently, Terry had just washed literally all of Kyron's clothes in bed linens. 
So she had nothing to give the police dogs to get a scent off of. Mm, what? Mm-hmm. That do- yeah, that doesn't make any. Don't, I mean, don't feel good about that. <laughs> don't feel good about that one. So at this point, the police bring in all the family members for a polygraph test, right? Kane, Desiree, Terry, the whole nine yards. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone passes except Terry, who fails twice. <laughs> Well, shit, girl. Yeah. And again, we know how we feel about polygraphs on this mm-hmm. on this show. Um, Doesn't look great, but. But I don't, I don't love it. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I don't love that, like, at all. I mean, failing, like, failing once, it's like, okay, girl, like, I get it. That It's scary. Yeah. Failing twice is like, shit, <laughs> get it together. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um. So that's a big search. Huge. Huge. Yeah. And 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 they find literally nothing. They find nothing. They don't find footprints. They don't find his clothing, his shoe, nothing. Okay. So they well, I mean Terry for uh being so on top of the laundry, I guess. Can you even? No. And he again, a like hat. A, a winter Ex- coat? Exactly. Like nothing? And that's what I said, too. I'm like, again, as someone who takes care of tiny humans, mm-hmm. even if I had just done laundry of, like, their most recent round of dirty clothes, there's a hundred things in this house that smell like them. Right. Or her clothes if she was with him all day. Like, right. Right. Nothing? That's, that's what, yeah. wild to me. Like, all of his bed linens, his blankets, his stuffed animals. She right. washed all of that. Yeah, that's... Yeah. So here's where we get kind of two pieces of, I'm, I'm calling them evidence. It's really not okay. evidence at all, but okay. I'm going to run, run you through this. So number one, enter stage left, Rodolfo San, San, Sanchez. Is that how you say that? That's Yeah, we're going to go Sanchez on Rodolfo Sanchez. <laughs> wow. Hi, girl. Glad I you're here. Need- Rodolfo, you tell me everything, girl. Well, he's about to. (laughs) Does he spill all the tea? Guys, he is the Horman family landscaper, which was news to Kane, who did not know that they had a landscaper. I was going to say, wait, these people have a landscaper? Well, apparently Terry did. Kane. Oh, did she have a landscaper or a landscaper? (laughs) Just it gets so much worse. So three months after Kyron goes missing, our girl Rodolfo comes forward and says that earlier that year, Terry approached him and asked him to kill Kane for $10,000. I don't. So Rodolfo, Rodolfo singing like a goddamn canary, tells this to the police who ask him to wear a wire to try and get Terry to confess to this. Terry is like too smart for this, I guess. And like says, oh, is she? And says like nothing incriminating on the wiretap. Like she's like, girl, I don't know you. Like, no, right? So, and this again, I can't even imagine having to do this. The police have to go to Kane and break the news to him. Like, hi, uh, so sorry to have to burden you with this as you're still looking for your missing son. Um, by the way, your landscaper. Oh, you didn't know you had a landscaper? Okay, well, you do. Your landscaper um, was hired to kill you by your wife. <laughs> like, can you even? I'm, uh, I can't. So, shitbag. Coming yeah. in real hot. Well, so shitbag Kane files for divorce. Is and he gains- shitbag Kane? Yeah, I mean, he's not great. That's what I mean. <laughs> Um, and so he files for divorce and the first whole custody of their daughter, of course, and gets a restraining order against Terry. Kane Terry says, to this day denies this. She said, there's absolutely not. Well, I didn't yeah. kill Kate. Like there, no, no. So. Okay. Are we not going to address the fact that like this was their landscape? Like I'm so, Rodolfo, I need way more than just this little bit you're giving I me. I need a docu-series about Rodolfo and like what he is doing with it. I, right I may need, keep going. Okay. Well, now we've got our next big character, enter stage right, Dee Dee Spicer. Hey girl. Okay. 
loving the name. Loving Dee Dee, but don't love her too much because. Okay, great. So Dee Dee is a fellow gym rat. Like she worked out with our girl Terry, I guess, and was like best friends with Terry, blah, 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 whatever. Dee Dee, I hate you. Um, Oh, so the same day that Kyron disappeared, Dee Dee went missing in the middle of her shift at the local lavender farm. Dee Dee worked at the lavender farm. So her car was left in the lot, but she was nowhere to be found. And interestingly, the lavender farm is right by our friend Savi Island. So Dee Dee claims that she was working the whole time and her coworkers just thought she was missing because she was working so hard, girl. She was working hard. Which lavender farm. The lavender farm. Which I have to say is me every time. I why am I, I, I why am I saying this? Make this make sense. This is me every time someone's like, oh, um, can I, you know, do you have time for a quick call? And I'm like, oh, I'm in a I'm so, I'm in a meeting. I'm so, so busy. I'm so busy. I'm working so hard. <laughs> I, I cannot possibly deal with whatever the hell your problem is right now. So busy. So okay. busy. So just the lavender me, farm. Call me Dee Dee. What um, do you do at a lavender farm? I farm it. I guess. I don't know. Um, Harvest the lavender? I don't know. Do I look like a farmer to you? (laughs) Okay. Okay. I have to say, I feel like this episode started off like a little dry. Like we were a little off our game. I feel like we're finding our groove. (laughs) Scissors take us out after dark. We are. We got Rodolfo and Didi to get us. I need Rodolfo and Didi. I need a I need a documentary on just them. Okay. Well, both of them might be murderers. (laughs) Great. Okay. Rodolfo um, is not a murderer. No, Rodolfo. Sweet, sweet Rodolfo. <laughs> He's too sweet for that. Okay, so the other kind of piece of news about Dee Dee is that she bought a burner phone for Terry two days after Kyron goes missing, claiming that Terry was afraid the police were going to tap her phone. So she's the stepmother of a missing child. Why would that be a bad thing? Oh, I didn't even think about that. Like, if someone had, like, called to rant, like, demand ransom. Yeah. So that's kind of it. Like, I, I, and again, like, I call those, that, those, like, oh, this is evidence. This is not evidence. This is Rodolfo. Yeah. And then we've got Dee Dee, who is, like, really the only thing suspicious about her is that she's friends with Terry. And she, like, was kind of doing shady stuff the day Kyron disappeared. But, like, again, nothing. We have no evidence tying either one of these people to what happened to Kyren. So again, I feel weird calling it evidence, but that's like all that they have. Right. Yeah. I don't know that I would call it evidence, but I think it's two maybe breaks in the case. Yeah. So, so that kind of gets us to the, the theories of what could have happened to Kyren. Right. So basically we have three different theories that I'll kind of walk us through. And I think you guys probably already know which one I find most believable. So theory number one is that Kyron just wandered off into the wilderness and died. Which like. Okay. Well, no. (laughs) (laughs) So the evidence that kind of that could point to this is that it was an extremely remote area. Like, I don't know who the fuck is sending their kids to these schools. This school was like in the middle of the woods. Right. So it is conceivable that maybe he went outside to play or he i you know i don't know and just got lost and wandered off right but according to desiree Chiron was very afraid of the dark and of storms and he would have just never like she just says that this is so i know i know oh. and like and this is oh my god am i even gonna be so about crying the Great. and Desiree said this because like the night that he went missing, it stormed really bad that night, and like all she could think about was that like he was terrified of storms, and she was like, "That's how I know he's not out there." Like, I know. I I can't I can't, I can't. Isn't that horrible? Yeah, I. No, that didn't happen. Okay. I, well, yeah. And the other piece, for me, the other piece I had in here kind of about that is that his jacket and backpack were also found at the school, which like, again, isn't conclusive, but like in my mind, like if you were going to go play outside, wander off, you probably would have worn your jacket. I don't know. At I mean, least. Yeah. yeah. What, what time of year was this? This was Fall. June. Oh. Hi, are you here? You... 
Sorry. <laughs> I don't know why I was picturing like September. But it's also, but why would he have a jacket in June? Well, it's it's Portland, Oregon. It's like oh, mis- okay. it's misty up there. Misty. My bad. Yeah. Okay. So I agree. I don't find that compelling. Um, theory number two, Kyron was abducted by a stranger. Um, when the only piece of evidence, if you can even call it that, that would suggest this is that when the police questioned Terry initially, she mentions that she saw Kyron talking to a strange man at the science fair. Okay. To which I say, bitch, you didn't think that was pertinent enough to mention before? Yeah. Right? And yeah. And again, like everyone that saw them at the science fair was like, there was no strange man. Like, no. And like strange man to Terry, but like, how do you know it's not a teacher a or teacher an administrator or, or, or right? That's ridiculous. Okay, that didn't happen either. Well, but, right. the one thing I will say for this is that, you know, the science fair was going on that day. So there was like basically unrestricted access to the school, right? Parents were coming in and out. So I I will put that there. Mm-hmm. That all right. But yeah, that's fair. This didn't happen. No, <laughs> this didn't happen. So that brings us to theory number three. Kyron was abducted and killed by Terry. Um, multiple witnesses say that they saw Kyron leaving the school with Terry, including a bus driver, a classmate, and two parents. And, and that came out like years later, right? That people were like, no, like he was there for the science fair and then they left together, right? Mm, okay. They, there's also some evidence around the car that Terry was driving that day. Um, the family had like a, um, like a sedan, like, you know, kind of like a normal car that Terry usually drove the kids back and forth to school in. Um, but that day she decided to drive the truck that they owned. Um, and that was unusual that she would do that. Mm-hmm. So. Cause you have to move car seats. You have to move car seats. Right. So find that unusual. Um, and then there's also some kind of compelling, I guess, circumstantial evidence around like communications that Terry was having with her friends at this time. Um, a couple months before Kyron disappeared, Terry emailed a friend saying that she quote unquote hates Kyron and that she wishes he would die. What? She's talking about a seven year old boy. The, wow. the son of the man she is married to. Yeah, that's... Right? And according to Terry's friends, like, Terry really believed that Kyron was coming between her and Kane. That, you know, he was impacting their relationship and their marriage, all of this. But to, like, go on... Like, to send an email saying that you wish a seven-year-old, your stepson, would die? Yeah, well, and especially because, like, she was there when he was born, like, right. like, you know, Kane maybe is a lot of things, but, like, I also kind of feel like Kane tried to do his best by Terry, maybe a little bit, like, in the sense that, like, my yeah. child's being born and I want you to be there, like, I want you to be a part of his life, I want you to feel yeah. like, sure, you know what I mean? Like, she was kind of set up from the very beginning to be a second mom for him. Right. So, like, I don't know how you watch a child be born and then seven years later you're like, I hate him and want him to die. Like, he's in your burn book. Like, I don't – that doesn't compute to me. Yeah. You know? And, you know, Terry had also said to Desiree multiple times, you know, that she – that oh, Desiree, come get Kyron. You can keep him forever. And Desiree would call Kane and be like, uh, I mean, yeah, like, yes, please give me custody back. And Kane would be like, no, like, you're not yeah. taking our son back, right? So it's just this, like, constant back and forth, like, basically making it very clear that Terry really didn't have much interest in Kyron. Mm-hmm. So all of that combined with that timeline evidence we kind of walked through earlier, mm-hmm. I think makes a pretty compelling case that allegedly – Terry could be involved in this. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I agree. What, yeah. What are you, of those three theories, what are you landing on? I think the most compelling is number three, right? I think yeah. the most compelling based on what we've heard here is that Terry was involved with the disappearance of this boy. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, I, I, the other two are, I don't even know why law enforcement would waste their time. Yeah. I get like, sure, explore all avenues, but. See, I, I mean, I think the idea that he wandered off into wilderness is plausible. More plausible than number two? More plausible than him being abducted by a stranger. Yeah. See, but like, I still have a lot of problems with the school too. Like, yeah, this was not like the 90s. Like. Because I'm because I'm thinking back to like our elementary school, mm-hmm. like you couldn't breathe wrong without them calling home. But see, this is but I think that and this maybe even speaks to Terry being involved even more. This was a different day. This was the science fair. So the school was open basically to the public. People were coming and going constantly. It was a change from the normal schedule. Right. Like, so if anything, this was the perfect day to say. No, of course my kid was at school all day. What are you talking about? You must just be confused. Right. But to that same point, like, wouldn't the school be even more on guard? Well, I think, no, I think the opposite. I think the school, like, right? Like, it was, like. No, see, I think a school would be way more, like, on top of security. We have, we have people, you know, aunts and uncles and grandparents and and second cousins, favorite sister's boyfriend i mean you know what i'm saying like you you don't know who's coming in so by that measure you your security would be heightened even more like you would still be making that phone call hi sarah's mom sarah wasn't in school today way sooner than waiting for him to get off the bus i mean i i agree i i think the school yeah i have issues with that school but i also think it might speak to the idea that this was this could this could speak to the fact that somebody who knew that this event was happening terry yes could have yes. used this as a reason to say a mix, you know, amongst this change in schedule and change in protocols, I'm going to make this happen and then claim, well, what are you talking about? He was at school all day. Uh, yeah, a hundred percent. I think that's, I think that's Because fair. it's also the only, really the only day where she could have brought him to school and then left with him without having to like check him out, right? Without having to go to the office and say, hi, I'm Terry. I'm, you know, can you call Kyron down? I'm taking him to the doctors, right? Like, because she was already there on site with him. You see what I mean? Yeah. No, I think, yeah, I think that's a great point. I still have questions for the school. Like, yeah. You know, I, (laughs) yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. And then the school didn't see him leave with her. Like, you don't have it lot like you still didn't log the fact that he left like right. How do you not have it on right. record? No, I agree, and especially like, as a parent, I'm like, if you if my kid yeah. isn't showing up to math class at nine a.m., um, y'all better be figuring out why. You better be calling me by nine o two. Right, right. Like, yeah, that I just again like we're not talking about the nineties. We're not talking about the eighties. We're not talking about the seventies. We're talking about like the was it 2010? 2010, yeah. Uh, come on. Yeah. So, no let way. me so let me tell you about kind of where we're at now and then okay. we'll we'll take a side. Yeah. So, in the years following his disappearance, Terry has denied all involvement and she has never been charged. Um That's she wild. got into some trouble with <laughs> with the law. Um, and was arrested for driving a stolen car and stealing a gun from her roommate. This girl's unhinged. Unhinged. Um, she was also accused of domestic violence in 2016 by her then partner, uh, Joseph Cristobal. Not, not great. Um, in 2012, the, the, what is, what am I, what is this word here? Molnotham. Molnotham. Molnotham? Yeah. That one, uh, the okay. judge in that county um, called Terry a prime suspect in the disappearance of Kyron, um, but to this day, no concrete evidence linking her or anyone else to his disappearance has ever been found. Um, so, I mean, kind of what the police are doing now, um, you know, during their investigation, they did DNA analysis on Kyron's toothbrush and uploaded his dental characteristics and x-rays to the National Missing and Unidentified Persons database, hoping for a match with one of the thousands of unidentified victims around the country. Um, <sighs> police have also continued to release age-progressed photos of Kyron, but despite these efforts, the case remains unsolved to this day. 
That's wild. What side are you taking? Um, Terry's, I definitely think, is involved. Um, I think her mm-hmm. behavior, especially as you look through, like, kind of what has happened since then, her her behavior is devolving. Yeah. Um, which I think speaks to, um, like, where her mental is. Yeah. Um, uh, again, I, I, like, I go back to the school. Um, I hold them culpable too i i think the school has a lot to answer for and um i would be very interested to hear what the school has to say for themselves because right like you can't fart in a school now without eight people calling your parents about it you know what i'm saying like like schools are so schools are under such a microscope now even if you looked at it 10 years like five ten years ago yeah they still were like i I want to hear from the school because mm-hmm. yeah, that is just, that's baffling to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, I think Terry probably had a hand in it. Yeah. And this lavender farm woman, Dee Dee. Probably. <laughs> yeah. Dee Dee. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, I, it, it's hard not to read all of this and, you know, I listened to a few podcasts about this and, and read a couple things, and it's hard not to do that and not find Terry incredibly suspicious. And again, yeah, you know, allegedly she is innocent until proven guilty, yada yada. Never been charged. Below. Okay, fine, whatever. Um, but yeah, and and it's, I don't like I was saying before, like I think about her daughter a lot. Like yeah. I, I mean, if it's true that Terry did this, like her daughter was sitting in a car while her mom murdered her stepbrother. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I just, and I was doing some like reading on her and she now has, um, supervised visits with Terry, like very, very supervised, like a social worker is there. It's very, Mm. yeah. I just, even that like makes me like, like make my stomach hurt. Like, I don't love that. Don't love that at all. Yeah. Um, as a like with your mom hat on, like you know, you're obviously way more than mom, but but like, what? How do you feel after this? Like, what do you? What side do you take? I mean, I definitely, I'm definitely taking the side that I think Terry most likely harmed him, and I just mm-hmm. like, I don't know. I mean, I just hate this stuff. Like, this is a seven year old kid, and like all he cared, like he was just excited about his tree fraud project, and he <gasps> didn't like, <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Can we can we not do this to kids? I mean, yeah. Like, yeah. Preferably. It just makes me so sad because, like, if it's true that Terry was unhappy that Kyron was living with them, you could call Desiree and say, Desiree. She's the adult. Yeah. Come, come get Kyron. Kyron needs to live with you. Like. Yeah. And that, and so it breaks my heart for Desiree. And, and I mean, for Kane, too. You know, I, I guess, I maybe I should have said this. Kane has been cleared of all like suspect like no one suspects that Kane had anything to do with this mm-hmm. you know I, I mean I, I feel terrible especially for Desiree that like you know her child was in the care of this person that most yeah. likely really harmed him well and I wonder like I would love to hear from Desiree like you know the circumstances surrounding having to relinquish custody to Kane and Terry and like yeah how does she live with Oh, I can't, I can't imagine. Even, like I can't, I can't even I, imagine. I can't imagine like thinking that, you know, had I not gotten sick or like had, you know, yeah. had I fought harder, like I can't imagine the headspace that she would be in. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's heartbreaking. That's Ugh. sad. I know. Oh. <laughs> That was really good. I'm really surprised you did this case. It was, it was really sad. sad, right? Yeah. I'm really surprised you did this one. I know. It was I great, but. I don't like this. Like, I don't. I And I think, too, like, especially because, like, so Henry starts preschool in the fall. And, like, I have. Ugh, he's not going. I know. And, like, I have so much fear and anxiety about him starting school. Anyways, like, I just, you know, I don't people are like bringing guns to school and like terrible shit and like it already and now i'm like great well i get what if he just wanders outside and no one calls me until 3 30 p.m no 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 (laughs) 
like won't. I just yeah I I guess stories like this where it's like a child is in the care of someone that they should be safe with either yeah. a, a step parent or a school yeah right? like they are in the and then they're not and that yeah. kills me how do you sleep at night where like if your yeah. kid can't be safe with the people that they're supposed to be okay I can't we have yeah. to move on I um okay. yeah I think we should just we just we gotta call it what are you doing next yeah. week tell us something happy um well we don't least <laughs> I think we need a lighthearted one next week so you should do um, like a mob case or something something funny Ooh, my favorite something I have a funny like story a... to tell you offline actually about that oh okay great um <laughs> Or like a cult case. You like a good cult. I love a good cult, you know? Okay. Oh, maybe we'll do like uh, Keith Raniere. I'm glad that you think that's funny and lighthearted. That guy's a fucking psycho. <laughs> I mean, it's not, but. Um, okay, should we do fun. our I listener mean... question this week? Yeah. I'm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Where did this listener question come from? This actually came from our sweet friend, Lynn, um, on <gasps> oh, Instagram. We love yeah. her. Lynn is the one of the co-hosts of the fabulous No Ordinary Women podcast, which we love Fantastic so much. Fantastic podcast, yeah. So, I was just listening to them earlier this week. Loved it. Yeah. So Lynn wrote in and asked us, who are your favorite women-led podcasts? <gasps> um, and of course- of course, no ordinary women. Yeah, so. for sure. They're at the top of the list. Um, yeah. So, Sarah, any other female-led podcasts that you are just loving? Mm, yeah. So, um, let's go to court, obviously. Um, oh, my God. Kristen yes. and Brandy, obsessed with them. Um, yes. Love them. Um, I'm going to throw Jillian, the queen OG, Jillian Pensavalli, in this. She's a co-host mm-hmm. of True Crime Obsessed, obviously. Yes. Um, definitely throwing her in there. Love her. Um, there was another one. Um, give yours and let me see if I can remember the other one. Okay. I'm actually pulling up my podcast app. Yeah. Right I, I need to do that. I want to make sure that I don't forget anybody. Oh. Um, so here's my like kind of number one favorite. Um, in the Dark by Madeline Barron. Oh, yes. She's the one that covered Curtis Flowers. Um, Guys, if you haven't, I mean, there's no way you haven't listened to In the Dark. But if you haven't, you have to go listen to In the Dark. She's phenomenal. Um, She's an investigative reporter. um, Just just a super amazing job. Love her so much. So In the Dark, definitely. Um, Like I mentioned before, I'm also loving No Ordinary Women. Um, I really enjoy um you're wrong about hosted by sarah mm-hmm. marshall um that's kind of like a deep dive into like some historical stuff pop culture stuff and i really enjoy um and then i'm also gonna give a shout out to maintenance phase um so Aud- aubrey gordon is the co-host and she co-hosts it with michael hobbs but um and that is just like fabulous they like debunk a bunch of like health and fitness myths and that kind of stuff. It's really fun. Um, yeah. Any others on your list? Um, True Crime Junkies. Okay. Yeah. Um, they are super good. I, I mean, I have so many. Like, I don't even know where to start. Um, who who am I thinking of? Um, she did Murder in Alliance. Um, oh, Maggie Freeling. Thank you. Yes. Um, love her. Like, yeah. obsessed with her. I want to be her when I grow up. Um, yeah, there's so many, like, I mean, there's so many good ones. Sisters take a side. Do we throw, obviously, sisters take a side. Do we throw cereal in there? Sarah Koenig? The OG? Talk about OGs. I mean, talk about OGs. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think you have to include her, right? You got to include her. You have to include her. For better or worse. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, so that's. So many. Yeah. That's what we're loving. So, Lynn, thank you That was a great question, question. Lynn. Thank you so much. girl. Um, Okay, well, Sarah, what if I want to write in with a listener question? Well, you can do that in two different ways, Emily. Tell us. You can either send an email to sisters.take.a.side at gmail.com. Indeed. Or you could find us on Instagram at sisterstakeaside underscore podcasts. Very good. Yes. And send it in there. Yeah, send it in there. Guys, we posted like three times on social media this week. I'm very proud of us. Oh, we, we really 
really excelled our quota on that one. Nice. Thriving. Thriving here. Um, we surpassed 4,000 uh, downloads oh my this God, week, too. I know. It's so crazy. <laughs> I know. Um, yeah, no, this is all so crazy and good. So thank you guys so much for coming along on this ride with us. Thank you for joining us for Sisters Take a Side After Dark. I'm so yeah. freaking tired. I can, I can like barely keep my eyes open. Well, you, you have to go to bed. I, bedtime. Yeah, I for so, sure. I, I have to go to bed. Okay. Um, anything else, my friend? That's it. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and listening. Um, we love we you guys. Love it. We love referrals. Please tell all your friends to hit up Sisters Take a Side on their favorite podcast app. Um, and we love you. And we love hope you. you have a great weekend. It's yeah. Thursday, right? Head yeah. into the weekend when this comes out. Smooth sailing from here, guys. You got this. Wow. It's Friday Eve. All right. Take take us out. All right. All right. This is Sarah. And this is Emily. <laughs> and this is Sisters Take a Side. Bye. Bye.